This is Iron Mike Stedman. And on this episode of Dog Whistle Branding, I'm joined by Susan Piper, founder of Demos Collective, an American manufacturing company that produces well-designed, virtually indestructible, and portable badass performance shovels. Similar to how Yeti coolers changed the cooler landscape, Demos is doing the same with their state-of-the-art performance shovels. Think of them like e-tools on steroids that you can attach to your off-road vehicle and help you get unstuck yourself. On the show, Susan talks through Demos's initial go-to-market strategy and how she's found her tribe amongst the Overland community. We also discuss her plans to take Demos to the next level and how to connect the dots from a branding and marketing perspective. Before you hear from Susan and I, make sure you subscribe to the Dog Whistle Branding Newsletter at the link in the show notes. All right, Gunny, take it away. Yo, saddle up, lock and load. Welcome to Dog Whistle Branding, brought to you by the team at Ironbound Media and the Lions Pride, where we provide weekly tack planning on marketing, brand strategy, and category design for early and growth stage veteran-owned small businesses to keep you in the fight and not face down in a rice paddy. I'm your host, Iron Mike Stedman, a Marine Corps veteran, godfather of Dog Whistle Branding, and CEO of Ironbound Media, a podcast production agency that helps veteran-owned businesses create distribute, and grow branded podcasts in order to engage with your ideal audience. Each week on this series, I coach you through the different marketing, branding, and category design strategies that I've developed over the years to drive revenue and increase customer engagement. Those are the only ROI that matter for a dog whistle brand. I'll also include case studies where I bring on guest SMEs or business owners to provide a debrief on their dog whistle brand strategy. Before we jump into the show, make sure you subscribe to our newsletter at the link in the show notes or visit our website, dogwhistlebranding.com to stay up to date on all things DWB and our work at Ironbound Media and the Lions Pride. All right, get out your pen and paper and get ready to build a dog whistle brand. Saddle up, lock and load. Susan, welcome to Dog Whistle Brandon. What's going on? Mike, it's so great to be here. I love that you start out with lock and load. Um, <laughs> happy to be on Dog Whistle uh, Branding. Um, really, really excited to, to see if I can help you help veteran-owned businesses with this incredible journey called entrepreneurship. Absolutely. So for our listeners, listen, uh, Susan is not a military veteran, but this is my podcast and there are no rules in audio. One of our core values at Ironbound Media. But Susan and I are both part of the Lions Pride, which is uh, the accelerator that I'm a part of with Bill Watkins. Um, it's just been an amazing support network for me. I meet badass entrepreneurs. And the funny thing was I met Susan at a live event. Uh, tact- tactical events, right? And I was like, who was that? And they're like, oh, that's Susan. You go talk to her. And so I'm talking to you and I find out you make these really badass performance shovels and it remind me of like the E-Tool in the Marine Corps, except like bigger and something you could like kill zombies with. And for me, it was just like so cool because that's the thing I love about small business entrepreneurship is that just like, man, you got us like the full spectrum of what people are doing. Right. Like we're not asking for permission to launch these ventures. We're just getting out there and getting after it. And so seeing you kind of empower me and I'm like, maybe maybe I can do this podcast thing after all. That's awesome. I love that. I love that. Yeah. You know, it's um, it's interesting because in some ways uh, starting Demos was um, 
almost happenstance in a way for me. Not, not really. No one ever really starts a business in a happenstance way, but usually there's some like kind of magic to it, kind of the way things kind of fold together in events. And I guess what happened for me is that, um, I didn't give my permission to st- give myself permission to start my own business until I had, uh, I was kind of mid career. And, um, you know, I kind of raised kids and followed my ex-husband's job and did all this other stuff. And really inside of me, I was always like, I want to have my own business. I want to create my own brand. But um, I wasn't sure what it was. Um, And I started working with um, a colleague that I'd worked with in tech, and he had invented uh, something that was largely known to be a bad idea called a snow paddle. And that snow paddle, you know, he was working on in his garage in Park City. And I really respected Tom and thought the world of him. And he, you know, was really an inventor. But he was like, yeah, I just don't know what to do with this. And I was like, well, I can help you. So um, I did. I kind of was like, Tom, yeah, people don't really want the paddle. And then Tom had a health challenge in May of 2014 actually got prostate cancer and called me on Mother's Day of 2014 and was like, Susan, I need you to take this. I need you to do something with this business. And I was like, sure. You know, like, of course I will. I'll help you because I love that. I love to be of service. So I took the idea that he had in May of 2014 and by that Christmas took the paddle off because everyone thought it was a bad idea and put a terrain tool on it. And in January, 2015, went to the outdoor retailer show with it. And it was like this Cinderella moment where this shovel was sitting in the back of a booth with a bunch of snow paddles, which we hadn't killed yet. And people would walk by the booth and they'd stop and their head would turn. They'd be like, what is that? And I'd be like, well, that is the kicker tool, you know, and made that up. And, um, and everyone was like, whoa, that's so rad. And I was like, whoa, <laughs> maybe we have something. So I shut down Tribal Snow Tools soon as soon after that show, as soon as I could, and made up this brand called Demos, which stands for Do My Own Shit, in April of 2015, and brought my company to market with a single idea and a Kickstarter around making this performance tool for building the perfect jump in October of 2015. And, um, and then we were kind of off to the races and what's happened since has been nothing short of a journey as legendary as Shackleton's, um, Antarctic expedition. Um, and yet no one has died. Um, there has been a lot of near death moments, but we're still alive. I'm still standing. I'm still here and talking to you, Mike. And so, um, just not sure where to go with that, but kind of wanted to give people a little bit of background. It's been a crazy ride. I appreciate that. And listen, y'all, this is one of the things about the Lions Pride, right? Susan, I, of all the ventures I would have pictured, it's like, oh, I was like, what do you do? And you're like, oh, I make these these shovels. You know, and I looked up the shovels. I'm like, man, it's like the Yeti of shovels, right? Like, this is a serious, this is, this is a serious product. Um, and I just think, I think it's cool. And that's one reason I want to get you on the pod. Thank you. A couple things, too. I, I, think, this is, I think it's a teachable moment for our listeners, because me and you were just talking about this in the, you know, before it went live. <laughs> You roll out this product and it's Demos, right? Now, I didn't know what Demos stood for until like, I don't know, like a year and a half after I met you, which was yep. on the, we talked on the phone probably like three weeks ago. And yep. you're like, oh, do my own shit. And I was like, oh shit, that's, you know, that's badass, right? But when you were first rolling out, you know, I'm willing to bet a lot of people didn't know what Demos meant. And I think a lot of small businesses when they're first rolling out, those of us that are non-venture backed, right? We've got to be, we got to tote that line between like cool, you know, and, and 
for also clarity though. So I'm a big proponent of coaching small business owners to put like the industry in your title. So like for me, Ironbound Media, right? Makes sense. I do podcasts and et cetera. Uh, instead of like being like a startup and having like Calendly and nobody knows what the hell Calendly is. So I'm curious to hear your advice on, on that. Yeah, I think that um, I was saying before the podcast that the thing about startup world is that it's not whether you're going to make a mistake. It's just when you do, what you do about it. And I do think that was a huge mistake. I think that we should have been demo shovels from the start. And what ended up happening is uh, we were demos collective making the kicker tool and a bunch of things happened. One is we figured out that the market for selling tools to skiers and snowboarders was sort of too small, although we owned it. Um, and so then we had to pivot into a broader market. Um, and then we recognized right away that being Demos Collective didn't work. It needed to be Demos Pro Shovel Tools. So Demos Collective was the ink and the Demos Pro Shovel Tools was the brand. And it's the brand that we still um, largely roll with these days. Um, but you will find again, as you hear our story, that we're getting beyond shovels yet again. So we're in our next evolution, but we've been pre Demos Pro Shovel Tools, owning the performance shovel tool category, maybe less so than what you would recommend. And I wish you had been my coach back then, um, because I think that you are completely right. Owning your category is number one lesson. So let's get right into it. Talk to us about your go-to-market strategy, right? So you've got this product, right? You're going, uh, clearly you're going to like, um, I forgot what those are called, trade shows or whatever. But talk to us about how you went to market and how you were able to acquire those like first hundred customers. So the first thing that we did when we went to market is we did a Kickstarter. Um, and for those companies that have a thing like a consumer product or... Um, you know, a creative project. It's a great platform for consumer, you know, because they call it a great platform for creatives because you have a single sales channel that's all on pre-sale. So it's perfect for people that aren't uh, um, venture backed. Um, so, and you can test and prove your concept because if the market loves it, you know, as a single web page on Kickstarter, um, then you know, you've got something. So we found that our, our Kickstarter, um, was successful and funded and uh, that it had a huge following and tribe. And we went from that to doing our first production run um, and then opening up our first Shopify store um, and then trying to grow as a brand. I'm a proponent of building things that people actually want and are willing to spend money on. Yeah. So by you doing that right off the bat, right, you were basically serving the market at the very least, right? People were putting up the money to cover the initial production costs. So you had the Kickstarter going. All right. What else were you, you have the e-commerce play. What were you, where else were you doing to drive traffic to the website to purchase the shovels? Okay. So we didn't have, um, when I first started Demos, I had no ex expertise, um, in, um, e-commerce zero. So I, I had expertise in wholesale channels, um, kind of old school business, but I had had no expertise in direct to consumer. So, we didn't even build our first website until 2016. Um, and when we first built our first website, like I didn't really know how to create that website for that vertical. I wasn't even thinking of the dog whistle. Like I needed you, Mike, I needed you back then. Um, I just thought I was selling shovels, you know, and, um, that, that 
you could see the shovel and I could tell you that it was strong, ultra durable and packable and full size. And you'd be like, oh, that's for me. Well, it doesn't really work that way. So the ramp ended up being fairly slow with the, with outside of that skier and snowboarder community that we owned when we first went to market with all of our creative, we were having a very hard time getting traction. So we ended up launching our second product because we were like, well, hey, you know, um, skiers and snowboarders like this shovel, but there's these people that have like cars and trucks and they want to keep a shovel in their car. So we're going to make now a little bit larger of a tool, not just to carry on your back, but one to put in your car. And we're going to call it the alpha shovel. So we did our second Kickstarter and that shovel there, that Kickstarter campaign was three times the size of the first one. Um, and it was sold more to kind of homeowners, DIYers, and people who have trucks. So you can just hear that there was like a kind of miss or a gap between all of our communities. Like we had skiers and snowboarders and kind of DIY people and people with trucks. We had two products and they were all winter products, by the way. So, um, this wasn't easy because then we needed to build like a, a true year round business and we only had snow revenue. So, uh, we went into years three and four with a determination. Um, I, I set the gauntlet down for the team that if we didn't get summer revenue and have a third product that served the dirt market, um, like, I don't know, I just really never came up with what I would, would do if it didn't happen. I was just like, well, we're going to do it. It's, you know, it's a three point at the buzzer. We're going to make this happen. So then we launched our third product, the Delta shovel for Overland in, um, July of 19. And that finally put the entire kind of company together in terms of the world of performance shovels. Um, and it's kind of a little bit brings us up to current with where we are right now. I think it's worth noting a couple of things. Number one, business is a contact sport. So you don't know what you don't know until you get out there and start sparring, right? So one of the things that I'm curious about, the ski community, right? Do they, your shovels are like a premium price point. These aren't like $50 shovels. You're talking about $200, $300 and up for these shovels. So was that initial market, although they spent money to build the product, in terms of repeatable customers? No, right? no. I've heard, I've heard that a lot of ski bombs. are cheap as shit. They don't care. They don't, right. they don't want to spend money on this stuff. And by the way, they'd rather get like pit viper sunglasses. Like they just don't care. They will go buy, they will just go grab a shovel from someplace else. They love our shovel. Like they love it because it makes the perfect jump. But unless you're filming or you've actually got a mom that buys it for you, you don't buy it. So we had to find a new market. But you figured that out. And the only reason I know that is because I listened to a podcast by a guy named Justin Jackson. And his first business was a snow shop, like a snowboard shop, whatever. And he found out that they were really bad customers. Yeah. Because um, a lot of snow bombs and all that yep. other stuff. So yep, lesson cool. learned. So is it safe to say that the ones that funded the initial Kickstarter, were they that crowd or was it? A crowd supporting that crowd or so something. The initial people that funded the Kickstarter were a bunch of skiers and snowboarders. There was no question. And then what ended up happening was that the, the money came from the money for Demos was coming from the dads. These dads were like lawyers on Wall Street who had been Eagle Scouts as kids. And they loved the idea of this full size shovel for their car. And like our market research just started kind of coming up and it was like, well, wait a minute, why are these dads buying this shovel? Like when they're getting their boots fitted for skiing and they'd be like, well, I know my kid wants it, but I want to keep it in my car. And we were like, wait a minute, you want to keep it in your car? You know, we were like, oh, you want to use it as a car shovel. Fascinating. 
So in 2018, Demos really became like clear that the larger market was we needed to make the world's premium car shovel, just like how WeatherTech makes cargo mats. And you still get floor mats when you buy a car, but they make a cargo mat that's badass. So we began to really see that and position the company in that direction. Now, let's lean into this a little bit, because these are not just any kind of car people. These are people that like soup out their trucks. They get the cages around them. Like you said, that do it your wife, do do it yourself crowd. And you're also a part of that crowd, if I'm not mistaken. I am a part of that crowd because the thing is, is that, as you said, business is a contact sport. So I'm not a I'm not a sideline sitter. So when I found out that, you know, the market research was pointing us in the direction of overland and off road. And then I met someone because, of course, business is also filled with magic, just as life is. I just think that it's all magical. Journeys are magical. I met a woman who had started the rebel rally two years before I met her. And she said to me and looked me right in the eye and said, you need to do the rebel. Now I want you to know I'm not a veteran, but I'm a lot like you people. I just said, sure, (laughs) because that's the right answer. And so I then became an off-road rally car racer over the last four years and went from knowing nothing and like kind of, being a terrible daily driver to just getting a top 10 finish in this last year. And um, I've built my credentials in that space. It's helped me really understand the users and the communities that we serve because I now am one. Um, I'm in the field. I'm legitimate. I've been filming um, with uh, with other veteran-owned businesses in my world, like uh, Walt and his buddies who own TAV Tactical out of Albuquerque and make uh, Toyota builds that are of the highest standards. They're all veteran-owned, and we fi- I film with them. And like, it's amazing. And every build, every build they do, they put Demos on. And um, it's gotten me to know um, some of the top off-road uh, racers and, um, and off-road builders and build shops like all around the world. Um, Demos shovels now for off-road are sold in Kuwait, in Europe, in Japan. We're in many of the top builds at SEMA. We go to all the top overland shows. We're in every earth roamer that goes out the door. And, you know, that wouldn't have happened if I hadn't kept my ears open and been willing to, you know, admit when I make a mistake and it'd be, you know, admit to really grow and admit to pivot. And I think I'm the first person to say that um, I feel like uh, one of my core strengths is admitting what I don't know and admitting when I'm wrong. So I I think that's that's really important. And I thought it was important, too, because I've just become such a fan of immersing yourself in the communities Mm -hmm. where your perfect customers are. Because you can be observant and you can learn. Yeah. Right. So like you actually being involved, like you can look at where people are already spending money. You yep. can hear the complaints that they're having about their truck, you know, stuff falling, uh, what they're looking for, et cetera. And yep. same thing for me with Ironbound Media and uh, Dog Whistle Branded, right? I serve veteran-owned businesses. I'm very much into the veteran entrepreneurial ecosystem. I wasn't, you know, at all the time, right? I'm I've only launched my business what? I've launched this one in 2020, the podcast agency. I launched Ironbound Media in 2016. Yeah. But it was, it took me like three to four years before I realized like, hey, I want to do a for-profit business, you know, to cover my rent and expenses and all that basic stuff. But I should just serve people I already spend time with, figure out what they need help with. And one thing I noticed was branding. A lot mm-hmm. of us suck at branding and go to market. So boom, here we are. Now, you talked about 
another thing about you know business as a contact sport is firing bullets than cannonballs. So you're out there, you're hooking and jabbing, you're sparring. You realize that the surf, uh, not surfing, the snowboarding and skiing crowd is not the best. You pivot into uh, you know off road, overland, all that other stuff. How were you going about marketing now that you were an established business? Right? When did you start to enter that e commerce play? Were you blogging? I mean, what were you doing to drive sales? Okay, so you have to understand that. Uh, uh, I mean, I don't know. I don't know how to answer that because, again, I, I'm thinking about all the mistakes I made. I feel like um, I told you earlier in the podcast that I sort of rose, raised my hand and I was like, look, I sucked and did not know anything about um, e commerce and digital marketing. Like I got into it and it became a critical part of my business. And now I think I'm doing pretty well at it. But like, the early on like steps around trying to like find like the find the eight players like in that space who would like help mentor me or be my suppliers or vendors. Oh, there were so many missteps, just so many charlatans and missteps. And honestly, e-commerce is a space where there's a lot of mis, uh, missteps. And I would say a lot of charlatans. In fact, every single day in my inbox today, I get probably 10 unsolicited um, kind of agency pitches saying that there's somebody out there who's going to show me how to do a better job on my website or with email marketing or with digital ads. Um, like, I mean, just like, there's just like anybody can like, just go set up a shingle and go do that. Um, but what we did was um, slowly by slowly learn the e-commerce business. And the only way to learn it was I tried stuff and made mistakes. So um, where we are right now, which is really what's important is that I've been running the same Shopify store since, uh, September of 2018 and from summer to present of 2021 of this year, we've worked with an agency to do a complete UX UI theme build on our site. Um, because what I now see is that my business, one of the things that's amazing is that we're in the top 10% of all e-commerce stores in terms of our AOV, average order value, but that we get, and we get great, and we, we're really good at our digital marketing in terms of driving traffic to our website, but that we have a really pretty bad, we have like a below average um, conversion rate. So we lose people from adding to cart to, sh- to checkout. Um, so we have spent a lot of time in, in like Google analytics has to become your best friend, like where you're in all the time, like looking at your analytics, um, using hot jar to like map your website and look at where, you know, people fall off and just keep asking the questions and peeling the onion enables you to really guide your own marketing plan. And don't let people from the outside who don't get in your Google analytics, tell you what to do just because of what it worked for somebody else. I mean, I get a lot of people pitching me and they're like, well, this worked for this other business and this is what you need to do. And I'm like, mm, that doesn't work for us because of our AOV. That doesn't work for us because of the way we brand. It doesn't work for us because of the category. But what works for us is to have great traffic that's qualified, to have a high average order value, to have high conversion rate, and to repeat and build customer loyalty through an entire really uh, customer relationship management system and lifetime value thinking. So um, I've been working really hard at that. And it's just, um, you know, it's not like you can ever really get there and be done. You have to just keep always working at it every day as like a discipline um, of what we do. Now we also sell wholesale and we also sell on Amazon and um, 
that multi-channel piece being multi-product and multi-channel and developing products as a super small team makes for some very long days. So it's been a lot of work um, at Demos. And um, for those of you who are out there listening, who, um, you know, uh, uh, question whether it's worth it, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm like a believer that, uh, that what doesn't kill you makes you stronger and just stay with it because it gets better. Susan is definitely in the hustle, y'all. I've been reaching out to her over the, you know, you were kind of popped in and out. You know, I will message you on LinkedIn. I'm like, how's it going? You're like, in the hustle. But every time I see you, you're always energized talking about your venture. We were on the phone for like an hour. So like, yeah, it's a hustle. It's a grind. But at the least, damn it, we're building our own equity. You know what I mean? We're going to be staying up late at night trying to get projects out the door. Let it be for something that's going to, you know, um, motivate us, inspire us and impact the, the communities we care the most about. Um, so that's my call to arms with those of you out there. Now, here's why I was asking that question about, you know, what are you doing to drive traffic? Because my specialty, my niche is branding and not branding in a sense of just aesthetics, but in a sense of who's your perfect customer, how we communicate with your perfect customer, et cetera. The feel of the brand, you know, how people talk about you when you're not in the room. But I'm definitely not the guy that's like, I'm going to set your SEO up. I'm going to set the analytics. I'm going to run ads, all that other stuff. But if I'm a veteran-owned business that's selling a product of some sort, right, and I'm sitting down, like, what am I spending my time doing? You know, like, I don't have, uh, I only got so many hours in a day, you know, and it's like, what are the the, the t- things that I should be doing that are really going to drive revenue? Because you read books now and it's like, oh, I want to launch a business. Let me sit around and write a blog. Well, nobody's coming to your website. They don't even know who you are. And I'm always like, stop hiding behind social media. You know, I think social media works after you get those first hundred customers. But like those first ones, it's hand to hand combat. So I'm curious to learn from you is like, what advice do you give to our listeners as I'm a one, two, three man e-commerce brand, whatever. I'm sitting down. I need to drive revenue. Like, what am I doing? Oh, it's a great question. I love it. Okay. So, um, you got to advertise, I would say. And okay, so advertising though for me is not just like, um, you know, it's not like just just sort of like Madison Avenue kind of advertising. I think it's changed so much in thirty years, especially with social media. I think that advertising is really like like speaking to your customer with legitimacy and authenticity, um, and explaining like what the problem is and how your thing solves it, and having a sense of humor, if that's part of your brand, which is kind of a part of ours. I mean, we tend to be very, my brand tends to be very, it's very much like me. It's very like straightforward, but sometimes says surprisingly like, um, bold or, um, maybe even, um, you know, curses or whatever, but I mean, whatever, it's just it's like, a badass brand. It's, yeah, like, it's very like straightforward and has integrity and like hardworking, but, um, but also a little bit tongue in cheek. So like, I'll give you a sense of what we're doing today, like to drive traffic. So we sell a an incredible product. We sell a driveway shovel that's been, um, basically developed over the last four years for that guy who has, um, a house and isn't, you know, might be, might be pretty wealthy because it's an, it's an expensive driveway shovel. It's $169 driveway shovel. So definitely somebody who has some disposable income, but it's definitely somebody who also does his or her own 
thing. Like, it's not like the guy that's just calling up people and being like, Hey, come over and shovel for me. Like, this is someone who's like, I do my own shit. That's our customer. So we, that person understands that there's, there's that kind of buy once cry once mentality. So we are run creative right now that sort of shows like, you know, um, it shows like a picture of like a shoe that's come apart at the sole. It shows like a picture of, um, um, a, uh, I think it shows a picture of a shoe coming apart of the sole. I can't remember what the other one is and I don't know why I can't think of it. And then the third one is like a, someone who gets a tattoo that says no regrets, regrets, you know, like it misspelled. And then it shows the person like with a bad back and a, you know, a broken snow shovel. And so like our customer, that is the dog whistle, Mike. It's like our customer is going to think that's funny. And it kind of, it's, it's like, it amuses them, but at the same time, it makes the point very clearly that like, maybe you need to buy ones, cry ones, but if you get the best and you get this incredibly overbuilt, super strong, adjustable length driveway shovel that's built for you and not for a shipping container, you know what? It's going to be, it's like, this is going to be great for you and it's going to last forever. You know, when we talk about our American craftsmanship and American engineering and like, that's the dog whistle. Our customer, we know who that person is. We can make creative that kind of entertains them and also makes our point of the problem and what we solve. And then we provide that with the product. And I spend all day long thinking about that and running that in different channels for different products that we make. Right now, what's the best channel today that drives revenue? Overlanding. You overlanding still? Overlanding. So when you look at all the other stuff that's going on, you're like, damn, whenever we get in front of overland community, you know, we start driving revenue. Yep. Overlanding. And what- and what and communities we, are they spending we time? Now, we, you know, I believe that you have to be multi, I think you have to be multi-channel. So we actually uh, are making a decision this year. There's four direct to consumer overland shows. And we, last year we did two and the years before we only did one. And this year we're looking at going to all four with a professional trailer and actually selling direct to consumer, because guess what? That's where we find our fans. Like they're all there. They all want the product that we make, which is a full size, completely overbuilt. So built, you know, you're going to buy one. You're never going to buy, have to buy another one. And it's super light payload and never going to rust. And so in that world, our Delta, Delta Pro shovel is like the shovel that they want. There's no question. And it's, and it fits into their build. Like we solve all these different ways. It fits into their build. Um, so that the shovel's always in hand and never in the way. And Yeah. Are you getting a lot of user-generated content from your existing customer base? We like, do. Are they sending photos in and videos and all that stuff? All the time. All the time. And it's uh, it's really an honor and a privilege to be on so many people's builds where they take a picture of your product on their build. And I remember when I started this whole company, I had an advisor who... Um, you know, he wasn't as cool as you, Mike, but he could have had, he could have said that he would have had a, you know, a company that, you know, super smart guy, really successful. He said to me, he goes, you know, you're the, you know, badge of cool. If you have demo shovels on all these skiers backpacks, well, it ended up not being, being on the back of their backpacks. It ended up being that we were the badge of cool because we're on the back of all their vehicles or we're on their roof rack. And so he, he was right that when you, when your customers that are the cool kids, are wearing your product or like showing it off and then taking pictures and putting it on show social, like then, you know, you're onto something. So like, then you lean into that market. So our additional market, uh, our additional products are all being developed for the overland market. Smart, you know, read the market, let it know, you know, because you can only swim upstream for so long 
And I don't think small businesses can afford to swim upstream. Yeah. You know, the number one reason businesses fail is no market need. And so we got to find opportunities where our perfect customers are already spending money. There's a clear demand for what we're offering. And we've carved out our own niche. So you've carved out a nice niche with the Overland. I'm excited to see where it's going to take you. Now, there's no secret, right? When I thought of Demos, right, I'm not much of an outdoorsman, contrary to popular opinion. I was a Marine Corps infantry officer. I slept outside enough in the snow and rain. I'm good. But this <laughs> Yeti keeps popping up. You know, Bill sent me this really nice, like, Christmas gift from Yeti. It's this Yeti-like thermos or something. And I've just seen Yeti pop up across the place. And so I'm familiar with it. And your brand reminds me a little bit of like a Yeti, like that premium, that like tribe that you're building, like people really love it. And so help us connect the dots with what you're thinking from a branding and marketing perspective of how you're going to get Demos to punch above its current weight. What are you thinking you're going to do to get to that next level? That's a great question because, you know, it's interesting. I actually have a LOI with a filmmaker to make a pretty substantial investment in 2022 um, on video. And video is, if you're, if you know, again, you're, you're listening, you're a veteran-owned business, and you're trying to reach your consumer, you know, with Dog Whistle Branding, you need video. Um, and a lot of times you don't always need high production val value video. You know, iPhone video is going to be fine. But, but, but Yeti has perfected the art of high production value video really not even talking about the cooler or drinkware or bags, but talking about the users that they serve and this incredible sort of journey or lifestyle that they have. And I have been sitting on the fence on this, on this proposal with this, this uh, videographer to kick off our work for 2022, only because I am struggling to identify what stories I'd want to tell and whether we think we will get that ROI from doing some um, Demos branded kind of video shorts about um, about for you know for us we call our, our, our we we own the hashtag for those that do so it is very kind of military like and in fact a lot of our customers are veterans and or active duty who just happen to also have trucks in Overland um, but. Um, I, I'm, I, I think that might be it. I think it's really about continuing our storytelling because in the stories that we tell, if they're uh, worth watching, you know, it's hard to get people's eye share on, on your videos, but if you can, you absolutely cement your brand's values in um, either your prospective customers or your existing customers and they love you more. So I think we probably are going to be doing that video project. What are some other brands you look up to? So I really like Kui, you know, in a hunting, I like, um, I think Carhartt's doing a great job. Filson. Um, I, uh, you know, Shinola Detroit is one that comes to my mind because they started with a, first of all, they don't have what they make in their name, Mike. So that's interesting, but they started with like a watch, I think, or a bike. And now they make like all this stuff that's sort of like, you know, American ingenuity. Um, and I like the way they've expanded beyond their initial category. Um, I don't know. Those are just some brands that kind of come to my mind, um, that I see a lot in the market. Um, you know, in the automotive space, I'm super excited about what I'm seeing with the product of the Ford Bronco and the team has really crushed it. And we're likely going to get to work with them this year. Um, 
I also spent a lot of time in the automotive space looking at like Rivian and uh, they make an electric truck that's so badass and they've done an incredible job with their product, and their design. Um, and uh, those are some brands I like. When you think about the Yetis of the world or even some of these other, you know, shovel companies, right? What is the tactical advantage you feel like you bring that's different? than all these other, these, all these other brands. And one of the things you haven't really even talked about is like, I don't even feel like you meet the traditional, what do we say? Like, you're not the standard entrepreneur, you know, that we think about. You're not some 20 year old millennial that raised a bunch of money to launch. And now it's on the cover of Forbes and Inc. Magazine. You're like, you're like, an, I don't know. It's like the third or fourth chapter of your life that you're, you're taking the swing. Yep. 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 No, I'm non-traditional in about a thousand ways, you know, gender, age, um, you know, even having the benefit, maybe even the curse of having, you know, a formal MBA training and stuff like that. But, um, um, let's see, your question was kind of like, let me see if I can ask your question again. So you were sort of saying like, how do I think I have a tactical advantage over those other brands? Right. Because what I'm trying to get is the essence, right? It's like, what do you bring into the fight? What's the moat around your business oh, that I makes it so much difficult for anyone else to compete? Like I, I service I academy grads. I got yeah. one. I got one. Okay. So I'm actually the product developer and the, um, you know, I'm the chief marketing. I'm like the Steve Jobs of Demos. Like I make stuff up and I'm like good at making stuff up. It turns out I've been doing this for a while. And like I recognize like I'm pretty good at it. So one of the things that's interesting is it's just who I am. It's in my space and who I am. So the fact that I've been a mom with four kids and I've been a soccer mom and I'm an off-roader and I've raced in a trans pack and sailed across the ocean. And I have a Harvard MBA. There's just not that many people like me. And the thing is, is that I think differently about products. So when I'm looking at, like we're launching some um, storage panel solutions that are basically uh, Molly panels. And I know you guys are familiar with Molly panels because you all use them all the time in your, in your military backgrounds. But like, you know, most people just think of that stuff for like, you know, mounting ammo packs and, or, you know, um, any, you know, basically survival and or lethality supplies. And I think about mounting, you know, grocery bags and yoga mats. And so I think that the thing that's going to make Demos really successful is largely the fact that I can look beyond the, um, what I consider to be kind of the hardcore vehicle off-road recovery space, um, into kind of the everyday market, which is much bigger. And Yeti today is sold to more soccer moms probably than it is sold to, you know, fishing guides who got it all for free when they started. That's not their market. Their market now are like, you know, Adventure Adam and Getaway Gale, moms and dads all across America who are driving to ice, ice rinks for hockey games or, you know, soccer fields for soccer games. And um, Demo someday will be that way as well, where we will be able to transition from being a hard, you know, kind of hardcore, absolutely technically built to last meeting the requirements of the most demanding off-roaders and overlands to being your car shovel for winter travel to your ski house. And same thing with our Molly panels, the way they'll be built, what the connectors will do, how we'll stage our creative. It will all extend beyond the pro market into the broader um, let's just call it the broader consumer market. Love it. And I'll tell you this, um, the Marine Corps, we have a saying called setting conditions. So it's good to have these aspirations, but first we got to get this done. And I think you're right. Dominate and take the fight to that overland community. Be fucking, you know, 76% of market share. 
you know, dominate it, be the go-to, and yeah. then start to enter these other verticals. Because, you know, it's so tempting for so many of us entrepreneurs, right? Like, it seems like we got to do a bunch of stuff. But when you look at some of the most successful businesses, right? Like, Facebook started out getting everybody at Harvard first. Mm-hmm. That was their market. They got everyone at Harvard. And then they got, you know, the other Ivy Leagues. And then they expanded out. And so I think, you know, staying focused and really dominating that niche and then starting to build into these other niches. But we got to own, you know, the first one. Now, I'm curious to hear your advice on this, right? I believe that entrepreneurs, and I actually learned this from my mentor, Chris Lock, Christopher Lockhead, don't market the brand, market the category. So at Ironbound Media, I very rarely talk about podcasts, right? Like I talk about it maybe a little bit on the pod, on the show. But every time I'm out, I'm just talking dog whistle branding. And it indirectly drives to Ironbound Media because people are like, man, I need that dog whistle branding. And I want to know, are you really leaning into and marketing the category of performance shovels, educating consumers' mind, like what a shitty shovel is versus what a performance shovel is and like why I need it? Yes. And I, I mean, I think we could do better. I think that it's funny just even talking to you and being a guest on your podcast. It's just, you know, I, you make the, you make the right points, which is dominating your, you know, your, your vertical, you know, owning your category. I think that we could definitely do better. Um, I think that we, you know, getting back to that kind of video project that we've been looking at for 2022 and whether we go first to telling user stories or doing more professionally produced, you know, shovel problem stories has been really what I've been thinking a lot about. Like I've been kind of like, well, maybe we're not ready yet for the, you know, user stories. Maybe we still need to do, you know, demo, you know, Yeti cooler basically did in 2005, they did a Yeti cooler versus, you know, a strong man versus like another cooler. And like demos kind of needs that still, because I know that we can break ice with our shovel and that other shovels break when you hit ice, but like, we haven't shown that again. Um, and I think that that's part of owning our category. And let's be honest too, it's risky making these decisions. It is. You know, because again, we're small business owners. We don't got these giant ad budgets and everything else. So it's risky for us to say, you know, I'm going to go launch this video campaign or I'm going to do that. And I experienced it within my own business, right? I had this growth phase. I got scared last time. Started bringing some process consultants because stuff started breaking, Susan. You know, mm-hmm. but then it just added more work. <laughs> this time I got to that point. I told my team, yo, forward assault. You know, I shot some videos. I launched the Dog Whistle Branding podcast. I was like, we'll figure it out. I got some margin. I plugged the gaps with margin and we're going. So like, I know what that feeling is like, you know, being there and having to make these decisions. But that's also what separates us from, you know, the standard workforce, right? We're the entrepreneurs. We we live with those risks and we put some skin in the game. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's so true. Yeah. I mean, if I, I feel like if I make the wrong call, I can, I could like lose a year. Like it's just that it's that level. But on the other hand, I'll tell you that, um, I don't know. I always say that it's better to be lucky than good. Um, I also believe that when you really put your in full heart and soul into something, things start to happen. And like, there's always, it's like all these sayings make sense to me. Like I know the truth will be revealed, you know, better to be lucky than good. But like a lot of it is just all about leaning in. It's really about leaning in and being open and listening and learning. And most importantly about managing your own fear. You know, you have to really, you know, you can't make decisions when you're afraid. You got to stay in that space of, um, of kind of like, 
Um, I mean, I don't know, Mike, you'd probably be able to talk about it better than I could, but I just feel like you have to stay in a space of, of knowing that, um, you got what it takes to figure it out that you're going to be fine. And you gotta lean, lean into yourself. You got to trust yourself. That's you the biggest thing. Yourself. You got to yeah. trust yourself. So you've hinted at it already, but your BHAG, that big, hairy, audacious goal, you win the battle. What is Susan doing? What does Demos look like? So our BHAG is we are as uh, big of a company as Yeti Cooler, but in the um, what I'll call overland. Well, it's really the mo- we want to own the mobility solution space and the mobility solutions are is basically being able to keep gear that's always at hand and never in the way in your car. And we are uh, all about, you know, basically making your car be the place that you can be self-sufficient in, that you can get work done in, that you can eat meals in. So we're very interested in just building out solutions for you to be self-reliant and um, to live out of your car, like go anywhere. Let me tell y'all, Susan's time is worth $10,000 a minute. And uh, I probably already owe her about 7,500 because she's been on with me uh, for a little over 40 minutes now. But here's what I want to do. I want you to tell our viewers, right? We've got military veterans, military spouses tuning in from all over the country, all over the world. I would love you to give some advice for them, give them some advice, those who are launching product-based businesses in general about executing their go-to-market. And then let us know as a community how we can support and elevate the work you're doing at Demos. Oh, that's awesome. Okay. Well, first in terms of advice, supporting veteran-based businesses that have a product-based, um, product-based, you know, based business and they're going to market. Um, listen to Mike, um, find a vertical, be a part of the community you serve in terms of, um, you know, being able to be, um, in the shoes of, of the people you design for or understand their needs or get to know them or be surrounded by them, but somehow it's got to be immersive and, um, and start. And like, like, I think it's really what you said, Mike, it's find your first hundred fans. Um, and once you find your first hundred fans, make sure that they are the community you thought they were. And if they aren't pivot, get into that community because the people that are buying your product and paying your bills, are people who are going to continue to pay buy your product and pay your bills. And so I'd lean into that. Um, did that answer your question? It did. Okay, good. Yeah. And I mean, I guess what I'd ask of all you guys is look, you know, please just give us a look, go surf over to demoscollective.com. And I encourage you, you can email me directly. I'm at Susan at demoscollective.com to tell me if you don't think that I make the product, you know, if you guys are, I mean, I really have to say first, you have to, you have to, you know, Mike, Mike is, uh, his daily driver is like, a like, a an urban vehicle. Like, you know, it's kind of a Tokyo drift kind of vehicle. I think, what is it? It's an infinity 2011 Dodge Challenger. SRT. Yeah. So he's got a hot rod. So if you're a hot rod person, I'm not your lady, but if you're at all, somebody who goes camping and uses your vehicle for, for, uh, overland based journeys, if you, if you drive a Jeep, if you dive a Tacoma, a Tundra, a Forerunner, a Land Cruiser, if you have a Ford Econoline van, a 350 F2, F250 truck, or if you have a Sprinter, I'm your lady. And I want to tell you, I want to own the space in your vehicle where you keep your shovel and all of your recovery gear. And so if you have uh, product ideas for me or think that we could do better or ideas of events that we should be at, just let me know. 
I would really, I'll personally answer your email and I'd really appreciate it. We'll be sure to include those links in our show notes. So I'll be sure to put a link to the website. And I'm proud of you, Susan, because you said who you're not for, right? And part of being for someone is also knowing who you're not for. And most people are scared to do that. We serve everyone. No, you don't serve everyone. You know, you don't serve me and my Tokyo Drift car. You want the people that go outdoors, that go hiking, that camp, that can pay a premium for your product or service. You only want those perfect customers. And I'm not your perfect customer. And that's great for you to at least understand it. But a lot of our listeners, right, it took me a long time. It took both of us a long time and a lot of money to be comfortable and confident to say who we're for and who we're not for. So I want to challenge you all to be able to do the same. But uh, Susan, it's been great having you on. I appreciate you making time for me and my listeners. And for everyone that's tuning in, do me a favor and go ahead and subscribe to the Dog Whistle Brandon newsletter on Substack at the link in the show notes, as well as on your favorite podcast hosting platform, such as iTunes, Spotify, or whatever you're listening to today. The goal is to send out a podcast and newsletter at least once a week to help you level up your marketing, branding, and category design efforts. And if you're interested in being a guest on the show or want me to cover a specific topic, Shoot me an email at mike at weirironbound.com or message me directly on LinkedIn. Dog Whistle Branding is brought to you by the team at Ironbound Media, where we help veteran business leaders create, distribute, and grow branded podcast series in order to engage with their ideal audience. We believe that audio is the future of publishing, and we're committed to leading the movement for the veteran entrepreneurial community. You can learn more by visiting our website, ironboundmedia.com. This series is also powered by the Lion's Pride, a professional training and coaching company for badass founders that serves mission-driven, high-performing small business owners with at-the-ready resources, battle-tested tools, and full-service support. We're proud to support veterans and other badass business owners at every stage of growth. You can learn more and get more at thelionspride.com. 